0: Thank you for joining me for our second midweek Lenten service, oh, devotion, I guess we could call it. On that second Wednesday, Pastor A.J. Kundi from Hope in Portland will be here at Calvary sharing a message based on John chapter 12, verses 1 to 12. And I'd share with you just my thoughts on those verses this evening. We're going to begin by looking at the order of service in our Lenten service bulletin. Hasten to save me, O God. O Lord, come quickly to help me. Evening, morning, and noon, I cry out in distress, and he hears my voice. You are my God, have mercy on me, Lord for I call to you all day
1: long. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen.
0: confess our sins in the name of our God, to whom all hearts are open and from whom no secrets are hidden. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Jesus says to his people, if you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. His death paid for the guilt of your sins and the sins of the whole world. Do you believe this? By the authority of Christ, I forgive you your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You are a dear child of God and an heir of eternal life. Tonight be begin our look at the passion history of our Savior according to the Gospel of Matthew. We're looking today at Matthew chapter 26 verses 1 to 35. The plot to kill Jesus. When Jesus had finished saying all these things, he said to his disciples, You know that after two days it will be the Passover and the Son of Man will be handed over to be crucified. Then the chief priests and the elders of the people assembled in the palace of the high priest, whose name was Caiaphas. They plotted together how to arrest Jesus by stealth and kill him, but they said not during the festival or else there might be a riot among the people. Mary anoints Jesus. When Jesus was in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, a woman approached him holding an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume. She poured it on his head as he was reclining at the table. But when his disciples saw this, they were upset and said, Why this waste? This perfume could have been sold for a lot of money and given to the poor. Jesus was aware of this and said to them, Why are you causing trouble for this woman? She has done a beautiful thing for me. You are always going to have the poor with you, but you are not always going to have me. When she poured this perfume on my body, she did it to prepare me for burial. Amen, I tell you, wherever this gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what this woman has done will be told will also be told in memory of her. Judas plans to betray Jesus. From that, then one of the twelve, one, the one named Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and said, what are you willing to give me if I hand him over to you? They paid him thirty pieces of silver. From that time on, Judas was looking For an opportunity to betray Jesus and Jesus celebrates the Passover on the first day of the festival of unleavened bread the disciples came to Jesus saying where do you want us to make preparations for you to eat the Passover he said go into the city to a certain man and tell him the teacher says my time is near I will observe the Passover with my disciples at your house the disciples did as Jesus commanded them and prepared the Passover. When evening came, Jesus was reclining at the table with the 12. One will betray Jesus. As they were eating, he said, amen, I tell you, one of you will betray me. They were very sad and began to say to him one after another, surely not I, Lord, He replied, The one who dipped his hand in the bowl with me will betray me. The Son of Man is going just as it is written about him. But woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would be better for that man if he had not been born. Judas, who betrayed him, replied, Surely not I, Rabbi. He said to him, Yes, you are the one. Lord's Supper while they were eating Jesus took bread blessed and broke it and gave it to the disciples he said take eat this is my body then he took the cup gave thanks and gave it to them saying drink from it all of you for this is my blood of the New Testament which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins I tell you that I will not drink of the fruit of the vine from now until the day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. After they sang a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. And Jesus predicts Peter's denial. Then Jesus said to them, This night you will all fall away on account of me, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have been raised, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter answered him, Even if all fall away on account of you, I will never fall away. Jesus said to him, Amen, I tell you, tonight before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, Even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. And all the disciples said the same. We'll sing hymn number 104 Go to Dark Gethsemane.
1: Go to Dark Gethsemane, all who feel the tempter's power, your Redeemer's conflict see, watch with him one bitter hour. Turn not from his griefs away. Learn of Jesus Christ to pray. Follow to the judgment hall. View the Lord of life array. O the wormwood and the gall. O the pangs his soul sustained. Shun not suffering, pain or loss. Learn of him to bear the cross. Calvary's mournful mountain climb, There adoring at his feet, Mark that miracle of time, God's own sacrifice complete. It is finished, hear him cry, learn of jesus christ to die early hasten to the tomb where they laid his breathless clay all this solitude and gloom who has taken him away christ is risen he meets our eyes savior teach us so to rise.
0: The blood of Jesus, God's Son, purifies us from all sin. Amen. The Word of God we want to consider this second midweek Lenten service is from John chapter 12, verses 1 to 11. Matthew or John writes, Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, the hometown of Lazarus who had died, the one Jesus raised from the dead. They gave a dinner for him there. Martha was serving, and Lazarus was one of those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took about 12 ounces of very expensive perfume, or pure nard, and anointed Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But one of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was going to betray him, said, why wasn't this perfume sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? He did not say this because he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief. He held the money box and used to steal what was put into it. Jesus replied, leave her alone she intended to keep this for the day of my burial indeed the poor you will always have with you but you are not always going to have me a large crowd of the jews learned that he was there they came not only because of jesus but also to see lazarus whom he raised from the dead so the chief priests made plans to kill lazarus too because it was on account of him that many of the Jews were leaving them and believing in Jesus. Let's pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O oh Lord, who are our strength and our salvation. Amen. My dear fellow Christians who are following in the footsteps of our Savior dinner celebrations, those are things that oh, we can often enjoy. Think of the birthday party for the seven-year-old who says oh, we want to have sloppy joes and, and I want to have potato chips and french onion dip. And maybe the this child is one who said well, instead of having a birthday cake, let's have a lemon tor- You Well, you remember something like that. or Or maybe you can think about the dinner celebrations that maybe we have or the snacks that we have after church or or you can think of maybe the dinner celebrations that you have after you have the snacks here and you go out to some restaurant with your family or maybe think about the wedding reception dinner and sometimes it's that reception dinner that maybe it brings the most memories to a person's mind of that wedding ceremony day Oh, and especially having that piece of wedding cake at the end. Well, our Savior, he seemed to enjoy dinner celebrations. And who knows how many of those dinner celebrations he went to throughout the course of his ministry. Well, the first one that's recorded for us really is a wedding ceremony celebration in Cana. And remember what Jesus did at that time. Dinner celebration, he kind of saved the day because they had run out of wine and he turned water into wine. That was the first recorded miracle we have from Jesus in scripture. Throughout the course of his ministry, he probably spent quite a bit of time at different dinner celebrations, Because remember what the charges were that were made against Jesus by the Jewish leaders. They said, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Well, John tells us of the timing of this dinner that's in front of us tonight. It says six days before the Passover. That's the Friday before Palm Sunday. Jesus was going to eat with sinners once more and tonight we're going to consider how his final steps Jesus' final steps led to a dinner celebration and this dinner celebration out of the ordinary really because it was a dinner that celebrated Jesus' limitless power and it was a dinner that signaled Jesus' coming sacrifice. The event that we're studying this evening, it's recorded by John and Matthew and Mark. We heard Matthew's account in our scripture reading earlier. It's helpful, helpful to look at all three accounts because they complement each other, complete each other. And give us the full story for example Matthew and Mark what they tell us is that this dinner party was held at the home of Simon the leper and now that's kind of interesting because Simon the leper remember what Leviticus chapter 13 said about lepers they were supposed to be outcasts they couldn't live in their own homes and if anybody approached them they were supposed to shout out unclean unclean to warn people not to get close to them and the fact that jesus was having dinner at simon the leper's home tells us that he must have been healed healed by jesus and he must have gone to the priests they served as the, the public health inspectors back in those days and would clear someone, allow them to go back into their homes? Well, this dinner party probably as far as Simon the leper was concerned, a thank you to Jesus for having healed him. And normally that would have made someone like Simon the leper, former leper, an absolute celebrity, but he probably wasn't the center of attention at this dinner party and why that's because there was another guest there Lazarus and that's where the Apostle John puts the spotlight in the inspired record carefully reminding us that Bethany that was the home of Lazarus who had died the one Jesus raised from the dead John also makes it clear for us that John, that Lazarus was one of the guests there and it says that he was reclining at the table with Jesus. Now do we understand why they gave a party, a dinner party for him there? This was a dinner party, a dinner celebration that celebrated Jesus limitless power and the they that planned this power party would have included Simon the leper who gladly opened his home and hosted the party Martha who filled the role as the hostess for the party as the the caterer for the party and Mary who is always was there and clung closely to every word that came from Jesus mouth and soon it says that that house was overflowing with it says a large crowd of the Jews who came to this unique dinner John says they came not only because of Jesus but also to see Lazarus whom he raised from the dead and now let's imagine what that power party was like a little bit Over here reclining on a couch, maybe was was Simon the former leper? And did Simon have other guests who were coming around him and saying, how did it feel when Jesus healed you? Did did you have, because of the leprosy, did you have parts of your body, like your nose or your fingers, that were rotting off? And, and now you're completely healed. What's that all like? Maybe Simon did get some attention. Maybe he was all left alone because over there is Lazarus at that same party and everyone wanted to see him, Lazarus and imagine maybe some of the questions. You were dead for four days. Do you remember any of that time? why did you die in the first place how are you now are you completely all healed and all better and of course when jesus raised him that must have been the case right completely perfectly healed lazarus had become a celebrity and because of him being raised from the dead jesus was gaining more and more followers so many that john says the chief priests made plans to kill Lazarus too because it was on account of him that many of the Jews were leaving them and believing in Jesus. The chief priests also had a, a second reason for wanting to kill Lazarus. And why was that? Well, Lazarus, he'd been dead for four days? And well, the, the Sanhedrin, the chief priests that we're talking about here, they were largely these Sadducees, and the Sadducees, they didn't believe in the resurrection from the dead. And here was Lazarus alive and well. The fact that Lazarus was there was, was just telling those Sadducees that they didn't know what they were talking about, so they had to get rid of him. Well the the guests at the dinner party there they celebrated Jesus' limitless power and, and do we do we always place our complete trust in our Lord who who healed those untouchable lepers like Simon? The one who in our prayers we address as the great physician of body and soul. As we struggle with our problems and the loss of loved ones in this life, do we struggle at times, and, and we will, to find peace and confidence and unwavering hope in the fact that Lazarus, though dead, he was raised from the grave and, and he was raised from the grave after his body had been there for, for four days and his body was rotting and stinking. And now here Jesus is at this dinner celebration enjoying family and friends and Lazarus is there. Well, Simon the leper is there too as we move closer to our own graves. Doesn't just looking at the this account, doesn't that... Oh, well, it tells us that our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. But doesn't this dinner celebration then also just tell us that Jesus' words to Martha are a proven fact when he says, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will live even if he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. But... What about those moments when we fall prey yet again to doubt, to gloom and doom, pessimism, to worry or fear about our future? Well, we're going to face with that, but then we can step back and look at Jesus and watch his final steps as they led to a dinner celebration in Bethany once there by faith we can sit off in a corner maybe like a church mouse silently watching everything that took place at Simon the leper's home and there we witness a dinner that signaled Jesus coming sacrifice how many dinner parties, dinner celebrations did Jesus enjoy in Bethany over the years perhaps not at the home of Simon the leper before this but now at this point and probably many times at the home of Mary and Martha and Lazarus. We can imagine Martha being a skilled hostess making sure that del- the dinners that they s- celebrated together that they were excellent and that the food was abundant. The family of mary martha and lazarus appears to have been quite wealthy and jesus was a special guest and and we know that jesus enjoyed loved visiting with this family and we also know from the familiar account in luke chapter 10 that while martha was busy preparing the food and everything like that 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 Mary, what she loved to do is sit at the feet of Jesus and listen to his words. And when the day came that Lazarus was raised from the grave with Jesus' simple words, Lazarus, come out, I believe that Mary was watching closely and pondering everything in her heart that happened then and that happened here on this day as well. And between her careful listening and watching what Mary had done is she had put two and two together. She knew that Jesus was taking his final steps. His sacrifice on the cross, she probably didn't understand that that was really coming but but it was coming soon. So what she did is she took the better part of a year's salary and purchased, well, pure nard, it says. The other gospels inform us that the 12 ounces of this perfume, they were in an alabaster jar, and that jar itself would maybe cost a king's ransom. So, of course, this precious fluid was stored in an expensive container like that, the the pure nard that it talks about here, it came from the Himalayas, from between Tibet and India, and was transported by camel, camel caravan through miles and miles of mountain passes. It was a treacherous thing with bandits along the way. And now what Mary did is she took this alabaster jar, broke off the top, and then as the other Gospels explain, Mary took, that precious nard, and poured it over Jesus' head. It ran down his body. But she wasn't finished yet. John makes it clear that she also anointed Jesus' feet. There was plenty of nard, and she intended to use it all. And then she let down her hair, something that was frowned upon for a for a Jewish woman to do in front of men in that culture, and she used it to to dry Jesus' feet. Decades later, John remembered this event vividly. He never forgot how the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. The scent of that nard would have been overpowering, which explains why merchants would risk facing bandits and the tough travel that they had in order to get this precious precious ointment. It was also in in high demand in the funeral industry back in those days and it's very likely that when Lazarus had died that Mary and Martha had taken another alabaster jar of that pure nard, that expensive perfume, and used it to anoint Lazarus when he had died. Well, we see in our reading then Judas' reaction to Mary's act of devotion and his reaction predictable. He objected, why wasn't this perfume sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? He did not say this because he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief. He held the money box and used to steal what was put into it. I wonder how many earlier gifts maybe Judas had pilfered from their money chest, gifts from Mary and Martha and Lazarus, or or maybe skimmed the top off of those gifts. And what's more troubling is that Matthew and Mark's accounts of this well we're told that the rest of the disciples also complained why this waste and maybe if those disciples had done a little bit more of like Mary did listening to Jesus' words a little bit better they would have also put two and two together and would have been ready for what Jesus told them next Jesus said leave her alone She intended to keep this for the day of my burial. Indeed, the poor you always have with you, but you are not always going to have me. Mary knew what we must know. Jesus' ministry was nearing an end. He he was faced with his final steps, Mary was witnessing those final steps. The crowd that came that day, they were flocking to see Simon, the former leper, and to see Lazarus, who had been raised from the dead. And all of those things happening, what that was going to do is it was going to cement the Sanhedrin's decision that they just had to murder Jesus and get rid of our Lord and Mary's anointing according to Jesus that helped make this a dinner that signaled Jesus' coming sacrifice, his death on the cross to pay for our sins. For when Mary anointed our Savior from head to toe, what she was really doing according to Jesus is getting a head start on the work that Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus would do in haste on that Friday afternoon one week later when John says they took Jesus' body and bound it with linen strips along with the spices in accord accord with Jewish burial customs. I pray that during our midweek Lenten services what we'll do is copy Mary and listen closely and watch carefully as our Savior takes his final steps. We've seen today how his final steps led to a dinner celebration. A a dinner celebration, a dinner celebration that celebrated Jesus' limitless power, a dinner celebration that signaled Jesus' coming sacrifice. Every step he took was in accordance with the Father's plan, with God's plan for our salvation. Every step he took, that was for you and for me. And every step he took, it just proves all the more his selfless love And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, shall keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, send your Holy Spirit into our hearts to direct and rule us according to your will to comfort us in all afflictions, to defend us from all error, and to lead us into all truth. We pray through the merits of Jesus Christ, our Savior, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you always. Again, thank you for joining me for our for a devotion on our second Wednesday Lenten service. God bless and keep you always.